Would you please take your seats as Emma comes to read to us and then David's going to come and speak to us. The reading is taken from John chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, They said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realised that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, my name's David Horn. I'm a warden here, which is why I get wheeled out occasionally to uh, to speak to a lovely lot like you, who are very smart too, I have to say. Anyway, um, many congratulations uh, again on uh, the, the births and, and baptisms of uh, Lucas, Oliver, and Max. I'll see if I can book a cuddle afterwards or something. But since baptism has a bit of a watery theme, I thought I'd start with a little warm-up quiz on on lakes. So everybody's free to join in. So first one, what's the largest lake in the UK? Anyone? Windermere. Nope. Think north. It's actually Loch Ness. Um... Judith and I were, uh, my wife and I were, uh, were away over there visiting friends about two weeks ago. The lake's actually 23 miles long. It's actually almost 800 feet deep in places. And apparently you could get everybody in the world into the lake, into the volume of the lake and cover them with water, apparently. Um, after we went for a two-hour um, sort of little lake cruise while we were there, and, uh, and I'm sad to say that, that we, we didn't see any monster at all. We left the mother-in-law at home. Anyway, so what's the largest lake in the world? Anybody go know what the largest lake in the world is? This is a bit of a trick question, actually. Because the largest lake in the world is the Caspian Sea by area, but by volume it's uh, Lake Baikal, which is in Russia, incredibly deep. Um, What's the highest lake in the world? It's South America. It's between Peru and Bolivia. That's Lake Titicaca. How about the lowest lake in in the world? 
The Dead Sea, absolutely. But the Dead Sea, of course, is salty. So what's the lowest freshwater lake in the world? It's actually the Sea of Galilee, so or the Lake of Galilee, uh, which is an untoo subtle link into the scene of this morning's Bible reading. And about half of the of the action in Jesus' story, uh, which is mainly three years long, is uh, takes place on the fringes of Lake Galilee. Now you probably remember the, the today's story, which Emma just read to us. So Jesus is accosted by a VIP, by a member of the royal household who is a very important man. He's the sort of guy that you pay attention to, the guy whose name everybody knows, except, interestingly, he's not named in this story. But this big noise has a seriously ill child, and if you have a sick child, it doesn't matter who you are, your world grinds to a juddering halt. So this man, who has obviously heard of Jesus, but probably never met him, manages to get away from his royal household duties and goes and finds Jesus. He probably doesn't know that much about him. He's heard about him from various exploits of Jesus already, but it's actually quite early on in Jesus's ministry. But either way, it's a really good call because Jesus heals him at a distance without any ceremony, no fanfare, didn't go with him. And later, VIP dad works out that his lad's sudden recovery coincides exactly with Jesus's declaration. And we are told he believes. So that's all right. The little lad lives, smiles all round. We can all go home. But actually, there's a big hanging question there, which is, what did he believe? What exactly? So we're just going to go do, I've got two little take-home points. So it does say short sock, so I will keep it short. The first is, uh, is about belief. And the, as I say, the punchline of the story is that the royal official believed. Now, a few minutes ago here... Uh, the baptismal party and the church regulars all declared beliefs. Now, beliefs are important. They're always important because they give birth to actions inevitably. Belief always ends up being translated into action in some shape or form or another. What you do tends to convey what you really believe. But what did this chap believe? Was it a political ideology? Well, no, it it wasn't. Um, That wasn't a part of the deal at all. So was it a religious philosophy? Well, no, it wasn't that either. Jesus had actually taught very little up to that point. So let's do a little quick switch of scene to, to here. Now, we're Brits. We're either Brits because we were born here or we were Brits by adoption But what do we generally believe? I'd suggest that we live in an unusually cynical age. Not every age has been as cynical as as ours. Everybody's trying to sell us something. And most of us, truth be told, walk around with our guards two-thirds up. So how do we decide if there is any truth in Christianity? 
On what basis do we make that decision? Is it just because of what other people say? Do we dismiss it because the talking heads on TV have a sneer? Or do we accept it just because our parents did? Or is there a better way than just following other people's lead? Well, I'm going to suggest there is. Um, but my background is, um, is science, so I love science in all its forms and shapes and forms. And it amazes me that, um, I'm, that people can be so sure that this world and this universe is, is all there is. I'm going to just make a few little points here. So number one, nobody, no scientist up to date has managed to explain gravity. What is gravity? Second point, if anyone can explain to me how light can be a particle and a wave at the same time, um, then there's a Nobel Prize in it for somebody. Better still, if you can explain to me how a particle can be in two places at once, which is now proven, um, then I'd love to hear from you and I'll share a half with you over in the pub any time. And worse, if they change places when you look. And if you're thinking at this point, what on earth is this guy on about? If you've got YouTube, if you do the internet, go on YouTube and look up double slit experiment. You don't have to spend a long time doing it, but it will blow your mind, absolutely blow your mind. Ingenious physicists these days with brains as big as Wembley Stadium now think that there are multiple dimensions and parallel universes. And how on earth we can dismiss the idea that there is another world beyond our own is, uh, is quite beyond me. But in terms of our own belief and decisions, take nobody's word for it. My encouragement is investigate it personally. There's more than one way of doing it. There's not one size fits all, but actually, just at the moment, it just so happens that we've got the Alpha course running next week. It's on a plate, practically. But if you're not local... Um, the Alpha course is running in lots and lots of places around the UK. It's pressure free. It's fun. Nobody does the Alpha course and says, "Oh, that's another eight weeks, eight years, eight nights out of my life I'll never have again." I wish I hadn't done it. So I never did answer my own question about what the royal official believed. As we said, it wasn't a theory, it wasn't a proposition, it wasn't a signed on the dotted line proposition. It was the person. Of Jesus himself. Because to encounter Jesus is to leave different. And it's the reason that most of us regulars are here on a Sunday. Very few of us started off life in church. A few did. Most of us came later. So um, on to my second and, um, and shorter point. Um, which is that Jesus, we see in this story, is absolutely no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter whether you're nine days old or 90. It doesn't matter whether you are male or female. It doesn't matter whether you are famous and influential or just ordinary Joe. Jesus doesn't bother about stuff like that. He never did. You think about this story. Jesus is early in his ministry, 
this royal official comes to him. He's got a golden opportunity to get in there and really make himself known. You know, and if you were Jesus's manager these days, you'd be saying, go on, Jesus, get in there. You know, you can show them. You can show them who you are. Win a few influential friends. Make a name for yourself. But instead, actually, his reply seems almost intended to offend. It's really offhand. You people, he calls them. That's not really uh, designed to make friends, is it? You're just here for the entertainment. You just think I'm David Blaine or Dynamo. But he refuses to be diverted. He won't go with them. He stays put. But even so, he still meets the need. Now, there's a flip side to this. And that is good news for, for most of us. Because Jesus chose to spend his time with the ordinary, with the unpretentious, with those who knew they were at the bottom of the heap, people who didn't think they were the cat's pyjamas. In fact, he preferred the company of the down and out and the marginalised and the low in status. Anybody here from the aristocracy? Any TV stars? Celebs? Anybody ever been on Strictly? No. Well, that's good news for most of us because Jesus is not out of reach. And if you think, well, that's all too above me, it isn't. Seriously, it isn't. And if we, like the royal official, have the good sense to search him out, you're not going to get ignored. You're not going to get put down. No one is too small or too insignificant. So with that, I'm just going to, I'm going to hand back to... Uh, to pads and uh, congratulations once again.